Right, so off the back of that UFC 264 event there, obviously it was mad. Um, and Conor McGregor snapping his leg. I just seen a lot of stuff uh, online about how he's washed up, and I think it's just, it's weird to see someone obviously go from uh, the double UFC champ, or you know, the height of fame, boxing Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, he got he got beaten in that fight, but it's just weird seeing someone who who was at that level of winning two world titles to then go and get beat in boxing um, and then come back, get beat by Habib, beat Cerrone, but then lose two fights on the run now against Dustin Poirier. I think that the second one now for me isn't isn't like a big KO loss or a TKO loss like the last fight. Like the last fight, he just got beat like outright. You know what I mean? There's, there's no excuse. He was preparing for a boxing match and he was getting ready for Manny Pacquiao and this type of thing. And he went in like boxing heavy. That that's his own fault. You, you can't go into a fight, into an MMA fight, uh, and have like an eighty uh, percent boxing approach to it. That's just all on you, isn't it? It's all on your you and your coaches for going into the fight that way. But this one was just weird because although we chatted loads of shit and was talking about uh, what was he saying? He said like you're gonna pay pay with your life in there. And then he was saying about Dustin Poirier's wife. Um, that chant he was doing, like, Jolie's wife. I just, like, usually Conor McGregor is, like, funny and witty, but that was just, like, shit. <laughs> that was just fucking shy, wasn't it? Like, no, no, I think, like, he was chatting it, like, no one chatting it back. And it was just, like, kind of watching it, just cringing a bit, like, Ugh. but, um, yeah, we went from like being really funny and witty to just like now we just he comes across that like venomous and like in the Habib fight he was like dead venomous. Everyone was like, oh, we like uh, we'd like to be a bit nice, be, be the nice guy. He was nice to Cerrone and Poirier in the first fight, and then I seen people commenting on that on his social media saying like we want the demon from two thousand and sixteen. So it comes out and just like I guess he just doesn't know. It seems like he doesn't know exactly how to be like the old version of himself is getting like pulled everywhere by like fans opinions you should do this or you should do that that's how it seems to me anyway and he just overcompensated and just went mad started saying crazy shit um but i think the difference between someone like chris weidman and mcgregor even though they both broke their shins in the fight mcgregor's getting like no sympathy that i can see anyway apart from like ronda rousey she tweeted like the the average fan is just kind of saying like, you know, echoing what Dustin Poirier said about karma. But mate, Teddy Atlas and Max Kellerman after the fight, they done an analysis on what happened, and I just I was happy Joe Rogan picked it up actually because once they those two done their analysis, it came back to Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier and John Anik. Excuse me. And then Joe Rogan immediately said, I, I disagree with that. And then Daniel Cormier backed him up by saying he doesn't think that McGregor's, you know, done at the top level. He needs to still prove himself, of course, and win a fight. But, you know, if you look at the fight, they, uh, they started off and uh, they were both exchanging on the feet. I think that McGregor got, had a, got a good few exchanges. I think Dustin had a one in exchange that kind of forced McGregor to 
to initiate a clinch. Because Dustin Poirier, when when he strikes, he switches. Like he'll he'll throw like a cross from um, if he's an if he's an orthodox, he'll throw a cross and he'll step and like he'll he'll step through punches to keep like landing power shots and he'll also like like wing hooks moving forward. So I think that's all he was coming toward McGregor and McGregor kind of ironically shelled up and then kind of initiated a clinch. And I watched an interview with um, John Cavanaugh, Conor McGregor's coach, and he was saying that they drilled uh, that position a lot when McGregor got him in uh, a guillotine. He said that before Dustin likes to shoot the single leg, his head's on the outside, the guillotine was there, or that's what they drilled anyway for the guillotine to be there. And, um, and he just he jumped that guillotine instead of doing like a standing mar- marsalatine. team. Uh, standing guillotine, which obviously resulted in being on his back. Um, how many times have I said um, I reckon it's probably 10 or something by now. It's so weird, you know, when you just sat on your own talking to a camera and you just say um, and you say it that many times, you end up being conscious of like how many times you say it, and then when you say it again, you're like, for fuck's sake. But, um, I just think that like people are the, the the narrative. Okay, he 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 was being a bit dirty. Well, not not but he was being dirty, grabbing the glove for the up kicks. Got to the feet. Had another had um. He teeped, and that's where apparently he broke his he broke his um shin on Dustin Poirier's elbows. When you're fighting, if you're fighting someone, that's the opposite stance to you. Um, you can throw teeps kind of without the elbow being there. But if you're teeping um, from this, and you find someone of the uh, the same stance as you, um, like two southpaws, then that that elbow is kind of more in the way. Uh, so he caught his he caught his shin on his elbow, put it onto the mat. They go for an exchange. Both miss right hands. Uh, both miss um, big left hands. And then he falls to the floor. Now, shit. Now, like that whole first round, I think it was it started off well for McGregor. Had a good few exchanges. Poirier had a good exchange. Um, in McGregor initiated the clinch. Had this like he went for a submission attempt, and it wasn't like a like a half, like a half ass attempt. Attempt, sorry. It was um, it like it wasn't bad. And it wasn't a bad attempt at all. He had them, even Dustin Poirier said that the, um, in the post-fight interview with Megan O'Leary, he said that at one point he thought like, oh shit. So, you know, for Dustin Poirier to say that, to, to admit that in the post-fight inter- interview, um, you know, he didn't have to admit that. So obviously at one stage, he must have thought, fuck hell, I'm in trouble here. But the whole, the narrative that he's now washed and isn't a good fighter and... He, he can't compete at this top level. I just think that's fucking crazy. I think that's crazy to say, based off one round. Two of the judges had it a 10-8 for Poirier. The other judge had it a 10-9 for Poirier. So either way, you know, he won the round. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like he was, at the end of the fight, he hasn't got a mark on his face. Um, his ear was bleeding. But actually, I noticed on the embedded before the fight, his ear was all like, Either recovering from a cut or still cut. It was all red at the top and red at the bottom here. So 
I think that might have been like easier to open up. He was getting, you know, took a few elbows, but you know, people have taken way worse punishment than that. If you look at the Poirier Hooker fight, you know, there's Dustin Poirier lost the first two rounds and then won won the last three. Um, one round doesn't determine a fight, and I think that then after it, people and like pundits and, and pundits were saying that he's finished. I just think that's a fucking crazy thing to say that he's he's done because he broke his ankle. Uh, he broke his his shin. I just think that's mad. How you can how you can say that? But um, wait, I'm doing this video. Yeah, I've got the lightning thing there. I got this mic. I, mean, I don't even know if like. You should have this thing on it with this. You should have one or the other. It just came like that. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm having them both on. Don't even know if you meant to. The camera and stand, I'd like it to be probably a little bit higher, but it's not. I'm recording the audio on this mic, but it's not connected to the camera. It's connected to my laptop. So I'm recording the audio separate to the video, and I'm just going to hope that I can put both together because I don't know what I'm doing. But... um. Yeah, that's my take on that fight. I just think that it was, excuse me, just wild that people are writing him off now. If he got knocked out again, or after after the first Poirier fight, when he got knocked out and people writing him off, you've got grounds to write someone off. They just got, it's when you rematch somebody um, and they beat you, especially when it's like a time gap of seven years and you get KO'd and you've never been KO'd before or TKO'd, that's usually... A sign of two people's trajectories like yours is if you got KO'd your trajectory is going down and your person is going up typically you would think um and especially if it would have happened again in the rubber match in the third fight if you got KO'd again you'd say oh fucking hell like he, he probably isn't as good as he used to be because this has now happened twice but given even though it's not it, that it's totally his fault for the boxing approach I do think they had a massive part of playing it. You could see in the stance, it was very boxing heavy. Um, it allowed that front line to get, uh, you know, to get kicked a lot easier. And uh, you could even tell when he came out in the second fight, his stance, even when he walked out, when he got in the octagon, he, he stood there and like knowing people like shadow box before the fight. He, he was like bouncing around, switched stance and done a lead, a lead hook kick. Um, like, like just, and he just looked at the loose. His stance, landing leg kicks and all that compared to the first fights where he was just boxing. Um, it just sounds like I'm making pure excuses for Conor McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> just sounds like I'm a proper McGregor fanboy making excuses. But Dustin Poirier is amazing. He's an amazing fighter. If you look at his record in his last, I think in his last nine fights, <clears throat> he's won eight of his last nine. He got beat by Habib. No, no shame in that. Um, he's beaten... Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gagey, beat McGregor. I'm going to say once because I can't, like, obviously you win the fight by Dr. Stoppage. But I don't know. To me, I wouldn't. It's obviously a win, but I wouldn't, if I was Dustin Poirier, and I don't think he is happy based on his interviews. He's like, I won the fight, whatever, but deep down you would know that. Um, You'd want you'd want like more of a definitive finish, and he's even said he wants a full fight with him. Uh, so that's obviously a testament to how he feels about that finish. So he's beaten Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Gagey, McGregor, Pettis, Max Holloway. Who else has he beaten? Dan Hooker. He got beat by Habib. Right, that's seven. I said like eight of his last nine. So it was a fucking day. 
I'm going to get it off actually. I've got a computer in front of me, one of them. his last fight as soon as he fought I know we fight I think he's fought like I think everyone's like been a world champion at some point out of the last or like so many of his last opponents have been like world champions in the UFC um Eddie Alvarez chat was a former champ Anthony Pettis used to be a champ Dustin Gage was an interim champ Max Holloway featherweight champ Habib obviously got beat but he was a champ Dan Hooker wasn't a champ corner. So, like, McGregor, Habib, Holloway, Alvarez, Gagey, Pettis. So, six of his last eight opponents have been world champions at some point, if you include interim belts, um, with Justin Gagey. And, obviously, Justin Gagey wasn't, and had, like, achieved his uh, interim title after he got beaten by Dustin, so. But still, man, that's an impressive record. Anthony Pettis, Justin Gagey, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway gets beat by Habib, fair enough. Dan Hooker and then McGregor. So Dustin Poirier, is, he's obviously amazing. He's got, like, the most uh, KO wins in lightweight history with, like, I think it's eight. I think that's that's I think that's what it was. I've seen the stat come up on the, on, the, uh, on Instagram or on Twitter or some form of social media. But man, yeah, crazy. I think I only like, it's it, the good thing about being in Australia, watching MMA is that it's on it. So it's on Sunday morning and it goes off, goes in into like Sunday afternoon, which is perfect for me, obviously, because I live in Sydney at the moment. Um, and we've just gone into lockdown, which is amazing. Um, I've obviously got loads, like everyone I know pretty much is back in the UK and everyone's coming out of lockdown. The Euros is on today. I got up at 5am to watch it. Um, he went Pickford, saved Jorginho's Peno. I was like, you know what, this is it. Gutted for, gutted for the team, man. And it's made the pressure of taking a penalty when you know how many millions of people are watching you around the world, not just the thousands of people in the stands. Takes a, takes a lot of bottle to go up and, and take a penalty, man. But we've gone back into lockdown over here and obviously everyone in the UK, they're enjoying themselves. I can see them all going out for drinks. And we were spoiled at first in Australia because like it wasn't actually that bad. We had a lockdown for a bit and then we kind of come out of it and go back to normal fast. I could see everyone back at home and, you know, still really struggling. So, I, you know, I'm like, I'm like, we're like the spoiled brat who's been treated well the whole time and now we're facing a bit of adversity. And we're fucking seeing our ass. So I'm not going to complain. <clears throat> I'm not going to complain because everyone in the UK will just be like, you know, get over it. But it's like, you know, when, you know when you're hungry and then someone's eyes, people starving in the world. And you're like, doesn't help me and my selfish pursuit for food, does it? I'm fucking starving. I don't care if people have got less food than me. Me right now makes I'm hungry. And me right now, I don't want to be in lockdown. I won't bang on about it, like I said, because everyone's had it worse than me. But still... I'm allowed to be annoyed that I can't even go to shop and brag the, the Premier of New South Wales said you can't browse. Got a shopping list there. I mean, I try and stick to a list best I can. Whenever if I, if I see some chocolate bar or something, I can't go and look for a second to see oh, which one. Maltesers, mate, you've got loads of different types of Maltesers. I meant to just grab one quick in case I get arrested for browsing of Maltesers. 
what you were in here for, mate. I was, I was in the confectionery aisle and uh, I saw a mint here, right? but didn't ever fancy it on that. So I had a little look at the Maltesers. I've got a honeycomb one now. And uh, I thought, I don't know about that, you know, the packets, mostly air inside there. I don't know, I think I'm getting ripped off. That's it, fuck off, prison, mate. So it's a life sentence now for browsing for an air mint. But what else is there going on in the world? Apart from COVID, which I'm bored of talking about. But I'll do it every day. I'll talk about it every day. It's, uh, like in work, I'll speak about it every day. My girlfriend, every day. Family group chat, I'll speak about it. Let's complain. Let's all complain collectively and make it worse. Let's create a big echo chamber of fucking anger. And then that's what I'll do. And I'll partake in that every every day. If anyone's got any group chats where you just fucking talk shit about COVID and that, add me in. But yeah, where we go? Where we going here? So we had UF, UF, UF. That's what we had. We had UFC two six four. McGregor breaking his leg. Me uh, trying to justify it. And me just even going to the point of saying his ear was cut. That's why it was bleeding. Not bias. I'm actually. It actually isn't bias, but I just think that people saying he's like writing him off is just is crazy to me. Dustin Poirier might have won that fight. You know, like it's it's totally feasible that he would have won the fight. I was saying before the fight that I think Dustin Poirier was going to win. Um, I thought that he was going to win in like either winning a decision or like finish him in like the third or fourth round. That's what I thought. So I thought Dustin Poirier was going to win. So I'm not like some big fanboy of McGregor trying to defend him. I just think it's crazy people writing him off uh, just off one round. And what else have we got going on here? You know, I, I just put the camera on uh, and the mic on and just, and just go, you know, I've really got nothing, nothing really planned to talk about apart from the UFC event, really. So we'll go um, on to the other, the other fights on the card. You fuck off. The other fights on the card. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Gilbert Burns, yeah. I thought that... Um, I thought that was going to be a more exciting fight, man. I think a lot of people did. Gilbert Burns alluded to it as well in the in his post-fight uh, interview. He just said, Wonderboy is obviously a very dangerous fighter. He hasn't, I think he's been taken down three times, like, ever or something like that. And for anyone to fight Wonderboy, you've got to not stay on the outside because he's just... It's the dexterity in his legs, I just don't understand how he can move his legs like that he's I just I can't I can't even like I can't do a, like a front leg side kick without like pulling something and I can only do it on one side the other side just looks dog shit or more dog shit than the other side and um, so that, that, that I just wanted that to be it kind of reminded me a bit of when Woodley fought well I thought it was going to be like when Woodley fought um, Wonderboy just staying on the outside, let Wonderboy. Because if you go towards Wonderboy, he's a counter striker. Uh, typically, he blitzes forward, but he's he's typically a, a counter striker. Um, he lets you come in, and then like he'll hit you as you're coming in. He's very light on his feet. He he like moves laterally to get out the way, and then he'll just kind of like throw it. He'll kick you in. Like his front leg will just somehow like. I don't know how he does it. Like his front leg will just hit you square up, like on your chest, and it was like down. It was like down here, and now it's like here. I don't know how he does it. Um, 
I like Gilbert Burns. I like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So I was like, that was one of those fights. I seen a meme and it, it said something like, uh, it's like someone like crying or like looking upset. And it said like, when you want Wonderboy to win, but you don't want Gilbert Burns to lose. I like both of them fighters. I think they're really good. Um, Sean O'Malley, mate. The guy that, what's his name? Like, Munio or something like that. Definitely pronouncing that one. Munio, it's like, it's like a Portuguese name. It kind of looked like Coutinho, but it was like Munio. Definitely butchered that. But I bet it didn't sound like that. I bet it's fucking not like that. Let me go down to... Oh, God, it's right in front of me. I can't pronounce it. Munio. Munio. Fuck it. That's what it is now. Sean O'Malley against Chris. That guy. Mate, I can't believe that. Chris Munio um, was on his feet. That that fight could have potentially taken like three years off his life. So he must have experienced so much head trauma in that fight. I mean, the guy was eight and four going into the UFC, which, you know, I'm not one to judge because I'm not a professional fighter. But in terms of like the standard of the UFC going to fight someone as well known as Sean O'Malley, you would think that they would have picked someone that didn't just have green hair. You know, you'd think they would have picked someone with I, I know a similar record potentially, or you know, as much UFC experience. I just think it was a bit unfair to throw him in there. I I, I have no idea about this guy. Uh, by the way, I don't know anything about his. I've never watched any of his fights. I'm just ignorantly going off the very limited information that I have on him. But I just think that was very weird, weird opponent. There were so many potential matchups for him in the UFC and they gave him some guy who was eight and four that wasn't in the UFC. You know, I just think that's weird. But yeah, what an amazing uh, performance by Sean O'Malley. He moves so well and like he'll, he'll move laterally like to get out of the way, he'll be like backed up against the cage and he'll like bounce on like either foot or like you don't know which way he was going. And then whatever way like he goes sometimes, he'll like throw the uh, a straight but from like either orthodox or southpaw, depending on which way he's like moving. If he moves to the left, he might like land on his left foot and like throw, you know, throw a left hand or as he as he's like get out of the way, he'll just he'll just throw a punch from like a an awkward angle. Uh, that you're not expecting. I just think that was an impressive performance from him. Um, I'm not going to lie, I had the camera that I've got on now, only records. I don't know how to change the setting of it. That's how fucking... I'm a, I'm a, Nathan, look at me, I'm, I'm a professional. I have this. That means I'm a fucking pro. I know exactly what I'm doing. This camera now, it's only, was it, 23 minutes 48. And I don't know how to make it. There's like 40 gigs left on this card, and I don't know how to extend the recording time longer than like 25 minutes. I just don't get it. So I'm just gonna end it there really. I've been on my I've been on my own in the house all day. My girlfriend's in work. I went to the shop to buy some food. That was a highlight of my day because we're not allowed to do anything else. Um, and then I've just done this little 25 minute thing. So you know, I'll talk about other stuff than UFC. And I'll I wanna have I wanna have like guests on and stuff like that. I just wanna sit on my own and just talk because you know. I'm not that fucking interested, mate. On my own, am I? I'm just talking shit about a fight. I'm just one man in a hoodie, so what can I do and what do I know? 
Oh, there's one man in a hoodie now. He knows very little, in my opinion. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and I'll do another episode probably in like three months because that's the that seems to be the average gap between these. So have a good day.